Where's Rigged been? You're undoubtedly asking yourself right now. Well, it turns out Rigged was a lot of work. Additional work besides rolling a handful of dice and telling a story. So, while Feckless Moam Studio is currently three brothers in three separate locations, we've put Rigged on indefinite hiatus. But the ball is rolling to get us together to create this awesome content in a more energetically logical way, with much less extraneous effort in regards to the editing and production. Basically, that's, that's me, that's Nick. I have a two-year-old and a wife who has hobbies, so we gotta share, that's all. That being said, we do have an absolutely awesome replacement cast to get you through this trying time. Those goofballs who brought you rigged are proud to present Random Encounters. I have nearly every D&D monster manual published, so every week I'm going to do a deep dive into one randomly chosen monster from a randomly chosen manual. Matt and Brandon and I will discuss the merits, weaknesses, how one would use this critter as a DM, and even speculate on how you'd play it as a character. Be sure to find Feckless Moans' random encounters in your cast catcher of choice and subscribe, so you don't miss a single monster audibly delivered directly to your ear holes. Hi there. Before we get into random encounters this week, we wanted to tell you about another podcast that you should be listening to. Nick, what's it called? It's called Talk Tull to Me. Hey, Homan, what's it about? Okay, so each week, you and I sit down and discuss a song from the decades-spanning prog rock band Jethro Tull. That is insanely right. Each week <laughs> is the next song chronologically released from their first album in 1968 all the way to present. It's going to take us forever. So subscribe to Talk Tall to Me wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Feckless Moms Audio Network, fecklessmoms.com. Greetings, peasants and villagers. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Random Encounters. Yes, those fine folks who brought you rigged are now here with Random Encounters, where I, your host, Nick McGill, will randomly draw from one of the 13 monster manual books that I have for Dungeons & Dragons, based uh, from Advanced Dungeons & Dragons up to present, and uh, I will randomly turn to a page and we'll discuss the monster that we find. Uh, also joining me are my brothers. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And we are going we to discuss this. So I'm, we're going to jump right in, I think. Our monster manual of the week is going to be Cobalt Press's Tome of Beasts. It is a 5th edition compendium. It's not a Wizards of the Coast. It's it's Cobalt Press, but they have some really great stuff in here. I definitely suggest you check their stuff out if you're all about the monster manuals or if you're just looking for some new fresh ideas uh, as a DM. They're really, really cool stuff. So this week, we are on page 318. And we're going to start 
by me reading the flavor text. And then Matt and Brandon are going to try to, if they know what it is, they'll, they'll explain what it is or they'll, they'll give the name. And if they don't, they'll just try to figure it out, I guess. So we'll start with the flavor text. A great knot of scabrous rats scrabbles together as a mass, with skulls, bones, and flesh entangled in the hole. Teeth, eyes, and fur all flow as a single, disturbing rat swarm walking on two legs. So it's not rat swarm? It's not rat swarm. It It is... There is a term, there is a, a urban legend term for something like this in, like, the sewers of New York City. I wonder if you guys know that. Was he on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon? No. No, that's okay. a no on that. All right. All I can think is that little, that, was it Rat King that was the toy there? It's the Rat King! Yeah! Oh, really? Oh. So he is, you liar. I didn't know I was. I thought you were talking about uh, Splinter. No, no. There was a guy. He had. He just. He looked like a, like a human being, and just like a hobo almost. And he had like a little white rat that was stuck on his, on his action figure. That is crazy. So in in like urban myth terms, a rat king is that. There, the rats are so heavily populated, and they all live together that eventually their tails get like knotted up. So there's this ball of rats that are all, like, tied together, and that's a rat king. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's bizarre. Pretty horrifying. Uh, I Pretty can't horrible. imagine how they would actually survive. So, so that being said, rat king is fused at the tail. A rat king forms when dozens of rats twist their tails together in a thick knot of bone and lumpy cartilage and offer praise to the rat demon Chitter. Its numbers and powers grow quickly. I can spell that if you want. No, no, that's okay. I think I got it. It rules sewers and slums. The Rat King is a cunning creature that stalks city sewers, boneyards, and slums. Some even command entire thieves' guilds. (laughs) Some even command entire thieves' guilds or hordes of beggars that give it obeisance. They grow larger and more powerful over time until discovered. And then lastly, there are plague and dark magic. The Rat King is the result of plague infused with twisted magic, and a malignant ceremony that creates one is called enthroning the Rat King. Rats afflicted with virulent leavings of dark magic rites or twisted experiments become bound to one another. As more rats add to the mass, the creature's intelligence and force of will grow, and it invariably goes quite mad. So, the stats, technically a medium monstrosity, but it's like this humanoid shape with bits of bone sticking out and some, like, pink knobbly bits, but then you also see the wave of rats coming up as the limbs, I guess? Yeah. So it's a medium monstrosity, and it is chaotic evil. Pretty gross looking. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty gruesome. It's like a it's a rat elemental. Yeah, it's a it's a ratamental. Ella rattle no. <laughs> so they have wisdom on perception checks that rely on smell. Oh, they're a challenge of five. Challenge rating of five. Okay. And they have the plague of ill omen, which is the rat king radiates a magical aura of misfortune in a thirty foot radius. A foe of the Rat King that starts its turn in the aura must make a successful DC 14 charisma saving throw or be cursed with bad luck until the start of its next turn. When a cursed character makes an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, it must subtract 1d4 from the result. Wow, that's... That's fun. That's, that's different. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's instead of... I, I expected it to just be disadvantage if you have bad luck. Because I think halflings... Halflings have a trait called lucky where if they roll a two or a one, they can re-roll um, really? on, on certain rolls. Yeah, oh, I think cool. you can probably only do it X number of days in terms of 5e, that is. Yeah. I also think there's a feat. I think you can take the feat called lucky that essentially does the same thing. I think I've heard that, too. It sounds like something you have with a bard. Yeah, definitely. And in Nadpod, the paladin has it because he's he's a halfling, but the fighter has it because he took lucky. He has luck points, basically, and he can spend yeah. them. Yeah. Hmm. So initial thoughts on the Rat King? Or Terrifying? any questions? Any questions on the, the Rat King? So it, it can just continue to add rats? I guess so. It doesn't say much. Oh, here we go. As a reaction, it has the skill called absorption. When the Rat King does damage to a rat or a rat swarm, it can absorb the rat or part of the swarm into its own mass. The Rat King regains hit points equal to the damage it did to the rat swarm. So I guess it's not, I guess it can't really. At least in the rules in the book, it can't really grow in size. You know, I would expect it to be able to become like a large or something if it really yeah. got out of hand. But it seems like it can only heal itself, which is still, if you're fighting that in a sewer and there are swarms of rats around. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. that's a heart sitting there for Link to pick up, basically. Yeah, that's how you build a pretty rough encounter. Although, the Rat King has to do damage to it so it's taking it has to use a turn to do that you know that's the same as using a, a healing spell or I guess potion so or you're right yeah yeah I must have missed is it only regaining health points to and only to its maximum level or can it go beyond you know and no and, you can't yeah it can't just just in terms of the mechanics of the game you can't just keep like throwing on hit points Unless you really, then I think that would that would fall into the realm of the DM saying like, yeah, sure, it can absorb more rats. So not only does it grow in size, but it's obviously its hit points are going to go up. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I thought it went. Yeah, could be used as kind of a way to um, extend an encounter if they're trying to get to something. It's a great boss fight mechanic you know this is definitely at a at a challenge of five this is a great way to have level one characters kind of figure out why 
why a village is sick, do the investigation, and by the time they're level four or five, they're going down to the last leg of the, the adventure in the sewer to stop the purpose of the, the plague, basically. Right. It's the dungeon crawl boss. Sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's the reason to be in the sewer and the reason to... And it's the the end result of, of solving the puzzle, essentially. Mm-hmm. So these things have damage resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, which means they take half damage. They're immune to poison. Mm-hmm. Not that there, there, there aren't a lot of poison skills out there, poison spells or anything. It's not a terribly common thing, so that's, that's not too bad. But condition immunity, they can't be charmed, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, prone, restrained, or stunned. Wow. So your, your bard has no crowd control. Your grapple barbarian has no crowd control. They, they understand common and thieves can't. So there's that. I mean, it makes sense considering it's just a, a pulsating mass. Right. You're not going to be able to grab it. You're not going to be able to, because there's so many different minds, you can't charm that. Exactly. It's even though the picture looks kind of like a solid object, it's it's really not. It's yeah. It's a hive mind, I suppose. But they're still separate minds. They have a similar purpose, but they're separate. Yeah. Now, in a just a regular rat swarm, how does that differ in terms of, like you said, it doesn't. You can't do bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing, right? Or it has dr against them. Um, bludge, pierce, slash. Yeah, yeah. Are any of those? Will any of those work on a regular rat swarm? Like, I think that's a general swarm immunity, to be honest. Jeez. Although, like bludgeoning. Bludgeon, that's what I you thought. You would think it would it would be effective. Yeah. Well, that's what threw me when you said it. Yeah. I think maybe the mindset is that there are so many that, that I mean, they, they basically scatter, so you can't bludgeon it as though it's one physical being. Think about like bringing a, a warhammer down on a swarm of rats. If yeah. You, I, if you hit, if well, your roll hits. I would think it would be effective. Yeah, that's true. The whole point of that attack roll is whether you want to say it's their AC or their agility or whatever, that's why you add the dex in for a, for, an, for an unarmored person's armor. Right. It's they can get out of the way, which they're... They have an armor class of 14. It's a natural armor. They're not wearing plate, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. So if, if that roll... Hits it, I would think you can mush some rats, to be honest. You would think so. I mean, you you would smush them against the wall, against the floor, something along yeah. those lines. But, yeah, that's why I don't understand that, per se. Piercing and slashing, for sure. Right? Yeah. And honestly, I would I would treat it like you would treat a a skeleton or an ooze and not, not allow them to crit on it. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Because there's no vital organ. There's no, it's all, they're, they're all sharing the same purpose. You cr- you can crit on one rat and there's going to be a million others that are going to yeah, exactly. take its place. There's no, there's no point. And it's the swarm mechanic where you're not talking about 
individual rats. It's not like exactly. with a swarm you're saying, okay, you've, you, you're attacking this rat. It's now not a part of the swarm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do the flavor thing where, yeah, you're down to the swarm is bloody. Yeah. And, okay, so you see like half of them hanging limply. Right. But that's just flavor. It's not an actual mechanic. Yeah, exactly. It's really DM's discretion, I suppose. I mean, ultimately, every DM has a different way how they run their monsters and how they run their combat. When I DM, anyway, I think in terms of consistency. Like we were saying with the skeletons and with the oozes. Mm -hmm. If you're not able to crit on them for a specific reason, why wouldn't you apply that to something else where it would logically fit? Even if you're not having this conversation with with your players, you know, because there's no reason yep. to have this conversation with your players. But in a, in a sense, it's, I guess it keeps you honest as a DM. Yeah, definitely. You get a, a very rules lawyery kind of player who will most likely call you out on that kind of stuff. And as long as you're able to kind of bend a little bit and say, you know what? Yeah, actually, you're right. That makes sense. Yeah. Then I don't see any, there's no problem there. Yeah, there's there's no reason not to acknowledge it. But getting into rules lawyering is is it it's dangerous territory if, oh, you, if sure. you let your player get too out of hand. But yeah, acknowledging acknowledging it for for really what it is in that instance is not a, is not a terrible thing. Nope. Not at all. Brandon. Yep. What do you think about playing a rat king as an as a character as a playable character it's pretty tasty in terms of all those immunities it is that's great it really is and especially if you're playing it as a character you really have a more of a chance of reaping the benefit of the poison immunity because that's typically a a monster trait or ability yeah that's true uh you have a, a stealth of six a plus six, rather, to your stealth. Decent dex, decent charisma, oddly enough. Oh. Uh, a minus two to your strength. I guess they don't work together that well. No. You can summon a rat swarm once a day. That's cool. In addition? Which you can then use to re-up your hit points. Oh, yeah. Sacrificed your, uh, your swarm. It says they appear, uh, the swarm acts as allies to the Rat King, but there's no reason why you can't attack it. Especially if you're chaotic evil. Yeah. And you get multi-attack, which allows you four bite attacks. Which is plus six to hit, and 2d6 plus three piercing. Oh, nice. That's gross. Four of that at a time? That's an average of ten? That's 40 damage on a, a level five? That's a lot of damage. That is yeah. pretty good. That's over half. It's got to be. And that's just the average. Oh, and if they if they don't save a, a DC 15 con save, they get a disease. Oh. Which gives them exhaustion. Exhaustion. Some special abilities and environmental hazards such as starvation and the long-term effects of freezing or scorching temperatures can lead to a special condition called exhaustion. Exhaustion is measured in six levels. An effect can give a creature one or more levels of exhaustion as specified in the effects description. Okay, level one, disadvantage on ability checks. Okay. 
Level two, your speed is halved. Wow. Jeez. Level three, disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. I imagine they stack, right? So you get the effect. Level three, you get the effects of one, two, and three. Yes, it says a creature suffers the effects of its current level of exhaustion as well as all lower levels. Yeah. So every Um, time you fail a save, you go down. But every time you pass, you go up. So it's not an instant heal. If you pass at level four, you go up to level three, and then you have to pass again. Yes, it gets unless you take a long rest. I think an effect that removes exhaustion reduces its level as specified in the effects description with all exhaustion effects. Ending if a creature's exhaustion level is reduced below one. Well, obviously, finishing a long rest reduces a creature's exhaustion level by one. Yeah, provided that the creature has also ingested some food and drink. Oh, that's a that's a cool little twist on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's realistic, really. Sure. Here's um, the blurb from Rat King, real quick. When a creature finishes a long rest, it must repeat the saving throw. On a fi- so maybe this is this disease specific as opposed to just general oh. exhaustion. On a failure, the creature gains another level exhaustion. On a success, the disease does not progress. The creature recovers from the disease if its saving throw succeeds after two consecutive long rests or if it receives lesser restoration or comparable magic. The creature then recovers from one level exhaustion after each long rest. So Hmm. you have to deal with this for... Two days. Two days. In a completely ideal situation, you have one level of exhaustion for two days. Mm -hmm. That's crappy! For a CR5. Yeah, and that's going to be generally, what, like a caster or something, because it's a con save. Yeah, sure. So what what are the next levels of exhaustion, Brandon? Uh, Level four, your hit point maximum is halved. Oh, my God. (laughs) So if you take that, you you, you cut that in half, and then you get that 2d6 plus, what was it again? The piercing damage. Oh, the damage. Well, hopefully three days after you're not around the Rat King. <laughs> oh, right. That's true. You're, you're as lunch if you are. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Level five, your speed is reduced to zero. And level six, Bed-rated. you can imagine, is the ultimate exhaustion. It's just straight to it's, death. Level six is straight to death. Yes. Wow. Drink your Gatorade, kids. It is the dirt nap. Now, long rest. Is that eight hours in a bed? I think just an eight-hour rest. I don't think it necessarily has to be a bed, right? I don't know. I know that there's... It might depend on the mechanics. I guess 5e might be different. I know in, uh, like, Starfinder, which is the Pathfinder sci-fi, it's... One of the characters in Androids and Aliens has something similar to this, and it will not decrease in level without an eight-hour rest in a bed. Wow. He has been dealing with this for a couple months now. It is ridiculous. That's that's vicious. That's really unforgiving. Yeah, it is tough. It is a, it's a tough game, honestly, just hearing the guys play it. Now, is that... Is that the DM being rules is written? Oh, really? Yeah, they actually they were doing it 
they misinterpreted it for a while and thought it was just like a, a four hour rest or just or just a regular eight hour rest like we were just talking about. Yeah. But then realized that no, you actually have to have like a comfortable bed type setup in order for it to actually decrease in level. Is that a is that a poison? A disease that he has? I believe it was a disease. I don't quote me on it, but it was I believe that's what it was. Beanbagitis. He just needs to be comfortable all the time. That's it. Bummer. It's a bummer. That would be inflammation of the beanbag. That makes things better. I'd rather not talk about it, please. <laughs> not. I mean, I know a friend bag. who has it. I have a, I have a, um, a friend who has it. I'm just I'm ask, asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> I think we covered it, how you would use it as a DM in terms of throwing it in as the boss, basically, at the end of the, the sewer, the sewer trek. Any other oh, yeah. ideas on that? I mean, I suppose you could just throw it in as, as something that they encounter, but not necessarily be the boss. It depends on the level of the party. It could be a very interesting thing to throw in. Yeah, I mean, if you have a, a really strong party, you could throw it in as sort of a middle encounter, I guess. And to see if you happen to cause disease or something along those lines to, to one or two of the characters to really test them to see how they can manage themselves because it's not over yet, you know? Yeah. I think it it's even fun if you're throwing it in the middle of the adventure, the middle of the, the trek in the sewers or whatever, for it to be 100% unrelated to the quest at hand. You know, they just happen to be in the sewers for this one reason. And oh, by the way, there's just this giant swarm of rats, which you would expect. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to have it maybe as the DM, you kind of dial it back a little bit. Maybe make it like a CR3 or something somehow. Sure, yeah. And have them see that first. And then it comes back and it is more, it has more rats to it at the end. You can see it growing and you can, you almost kind of get a little taste of it on, on the way through before you, before that boss fight. So they don't kill it? They don't kill it. It escapes and it comes back even more powerful because it's absorbed more rats. Or you could you could do that very same concept, but the the initial encounter is just a rat swarm. That's cool. And it evolves into that rat king. A couple swarms of rats. Or or have it have it be both, you know, have it be a, you see a couple of swarms of rats and then you see the the low level rat king. Mm-hmm. You know, have that progression. Yeah. That being said, it seems peculiar. If you're thinking this is from sewers start to finish, it would be all in one session, all in one adventure. You know, generally, I wouldn't expect the players to to leave the sewers unless the DM sets it up to be that way. Sure, right. So it would it would be peculiar for for the whole quest to hinge on that. If you're literally in the span of that sewer adventure seeing the swarm go from swarm to rat jack rat prince to to rat king Mm -hmm. yeah unless this is a regular occurrence and they keep taking out the rat kings not necessarily the party but like that's part of the lore is this town is is plagued by rat kings or something i, I don't know oh that is that is kind of cool though just have that be almost an urban legend it's a regular thing yeah exactly 
like rats are a problem. Oh, and this, the epitome of, of rats in this rat king. That's. I do like that idea though, of, of making the, almost making it a joke that the people in the town are talking about like, oh yeah, and there's a rat king and your players all know what a rat king is like, because they've heard about it happening under this, this in the sewers of New York. And then you throw this thing at them. Yep. You know, it's kind of like a little switcheroo thing. Seeing as that is most known as a New York legend, would you give it a voice and would it be Danny DeVito? I think it depends on the level of chicanery that you're pulling in the game as as the DM in particular. That's fair. That if you're setting fair. it up to be goofy, sure, why not? This absolutely BA looking creature with Danny DeVito's voice. But but Danny DeVito as the penguin? I was just going to say <laughs> every every time he eats another rat for health it sounds like him eating the fish (laughs) so let's go matt on a scale of 37 to 52 how many adorable little rat booties would you give this before you rate that are we talking rat booties as in little shoes or yeah like the like little little hand knit shoes that you would get on okay. etsy not not the uh, not, not twerking the rats not twerking not rats. the voluptuous <laughs> fuzzy rat heinies <laughs> uh i would give it four rat booties and i would not put them on no it's 37 to 50 what did i say 52 yeah you gotta you gotta start it at least 37 all right i would give it He's the Rat King. He doesn't have to start anymore. I would give it 37, but I would not put any of the booties on. Okay. I would not even approach that mass of of horribleness. But it could be used as bait. Oh, sure. You drop in on a string Mission Impossible style and just drop it in front of them and pull yourself back up. Just like a grocery bag full of tiny little knit booties. (laughs) (laughs) Lands with a little... And you just you skyrocket out on the on the line. That's it, yeah. Super super high stakes in your mind and the rats are like, What? Yeah. And they, they just ignore the, the grocery bag. The the tops <laughs> the tops grocery bag. Oh wow. Cool. I think that I think that about wraps it up. That's uh we covered a lot there. Come on back next week for another random encounter where we will stumble upon another monster and talk about it. In the meantime, I am Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of Random Encounters. And be sure to roll well on your perception check. Random Encounters is a proud member 
of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.